Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to What's the Word? The show that's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Cheval John, and thank you for joining me. I had the honor of interviewing Winnie's son, who returned to share about her new show, Level Up with Winnie, which is set to launch this year. She, as you might know, she's a co-founder of Sun Group Well Partners, which is a trusted financial consulting firm providing financial planning services to small business owners, senior executives, celebrities, and established families throughout the West Coast. Now, of course, uh, she is the host of Winnie's Sun Twitter Chat, which is the largest global money chat on social media. And she also hosts a live streaming show, simultaneously on Twitter and LinkedIn. Now, you're going to hear about... Uh, about her vision for this year, and also about her show, which should be coming starting this year too. So uh, before we get to this episode, I want to say that this show is sponsored by Volano Media, which is a marketing agency that helps small, uh, small to mid-sized businesses navigate social media to build a loyal audience. And you can visit the website at www.volanomedia.com. That's v as www.v as Victoria a L-L-A-N-O-Media.com. So without further ado, here's the episode with Winnie's son. I hope you guys enjoy your week, weekend. And also, after this show, you're going to hear the song uh, from but, uh, The World is a Mirror. So enjoy your weekend, everyone. Winnie's son, uh, welcome back. What's the word? Well, it's awesome to be here. My first video appearance of the year with my good friend Cheval. So life is good. <laughs> awesome. I am so happy to have you back here. I'm truly honored. Uh, we're gonna. I gonna start off with a little icebreaker question here, and I guess this question will be: um, What are you? What is the? What are you going to do to step out of your comfort zone this year? Oh, I love that question. So stepping out of my comfort zone is something that I regularly try to practice. And what I mean by that is those of you who know me know that I'm actually an extreme, like an extreme introvert. And so I actually prefer to be at the office. You know, I like to be doing my thing on the computer. And of course, I love to do video and whatnot. But Um, I am not the type of person that will go out of their way to meet new people. It's just not my style. But when I think about getting out of my comfort zone, I try to make an effort, meet new people, uh, learn about what they do and what they're about, and really try to build sort of relationships uh, that way. So I would say that's sort of my goal this year is really just to try more things that I know I need to do that perhaps I've stopped myself from doing in the past. Perfect example is for years now, they've asked me and they told me that I should have my own television show. And I kept saying, no, 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 I don't want to do it. I don't have time. I don't, you know, kids are too young and this and this and this. And and believe it or not, we are launching our new show in 2020. So you're the first year. (laughs) Awesome. Now, no, that's that's Lisa. That's Lisa. The next question. Uh, can you share with us about uh, your new show? So the new show is called Level Up with Winnie. Uh, it will be uh, we're we're doing it in partnership with Nasdaq, so it's very exciting. It will be shared 
digitally on NASDAQ, and you'll also see it on the CW in San Francisco um, on regular television. And uh, there are probably it's probably going to be distributed at other places as well. But yeah, we're really really excited. NASDAQ is just a phenomenal partner, um, and we film at the iconic NASDAQ studios in Times Square, as well as NASDAQ studios in San Francisco. Uh, the show is going to be, uh, the show is being actually produced right now, and we've done several interviews. Next month, I'll be back in uh, New York City, and I can't tell you who I'm interviewing, but let me just say they are big household names, like true female powerhouses, entrepreneurs, celebrities, whatnot, uh, not just female, male too, but it just happens to be in February. I think the guests that we have are all female. So really, really impressive lineup. Um, so I can't wait to share that all with you. So if any of you happen to be in New York City or going to be visiting and would like to see a live taping of our show, uh, do reach out to me and I'll try to arrange that for you. Awesome. Awesome. So I got to ask this question. What how, what was the process of of getting to the point of where okay, I'm gonna say yes to doing a a TV show. Uh, you know that's a great question. I don't even know if I was really ready to do a television show, but uh, my longtime publicist um, and a very very dear friend of mine, I consider her literally like my one of my best friends, uh, Robin Stevens. For years now, we've been working together, and we've done so much media and Hello? so much yeah. um, social media and just really making a good um, stance on personal finance and entrepreneurship and, and things like that. And um, she's like, you should, okay. you should do it. You really should do it. I think you should do it. And when Robin <laughs> says you do it, you definitely listen because she has not led me wrong ever. Okay. Um, she's someone I trust dearly, and um, she believes in me. So, uh, and I think it's the right time. I do think people are, are open to learning more about personal finance, about creating businesses, about creating wealth, working at different companies and what they can do for themselves. And um, we wanted to package all that good information and all these incredible people that we know to interview, all that incredible content and knowledge that my kids and, you know, the future generation are going to look back and, and learn from it. So that's how we're doing it. <laughs> awesome. And it seems awesome. fun. So why not do something new, right? Something that's totally like, I got to say, this is probably the, the most challenging project we've ever done. And it's probably the one project that my team and the other teams that we're working with in, in the different areas are most excited about. So that, that makes me, that makes me happy. Awesome. Now I got, now I got change gears a bit because I'm noticing now that in the new year, people are now all of a sudden talking about LinkedIn and it's, and it seems as if everyone is now starting to go on to going back to that platform. So can you share a bit about uh, why the resurgence of LinkedIn happening so fast? Uh, well, LinkedIn has obviously been around for a long time and LinkedIn was my first social media platform. The financial industry, we weren't allowed a lot of social media platforms, so that was it. But I think the reason why LinkedIn is really sort of the big popular uh, social media channel these days is because of LinkedIn Live. 
um, you may know I was one of the first people to get LinkedIn Live access and it's still in beta phase today. But it's great because um, you are you have a very sophisticated professional audience and you don't have a, sort of an overpopulation of people creating good, valuable content. So it's sort of fresh and new. And I, I definitely think what's unique about LinkedIn is you have a lot of good engagement. So uh, if you have a built-in connections within LinkedIn, you do a good job of hashtagging and um, you are out there creating content regularly, I think it, it's sort of like the, it's sort of what Facebook used to be, right? Before it became a pay-to-play platform. It's where there's still a lot of good organic reach, good organic content, and people tend to uh, produce content that's a little bit more relevant. And I, I just feel like LinkedIn has done such a great job in terms of packaging how the information is being shared. Uh, you and I have talked about this, Chevelle, about one thing that I think I would love to see more improvement in, and that is sort of the DM, the direct message experience on LinkedIn. I think we've talked about this on Twitter, I know. There's just way too much spam. So hopefully that can be sort of taken away. But certainly LinkedIn is, like, exciting because I think they are doing a lot of things right, and you can't discount the fact that they're being powered by Microsoft. So there's a lot of smart technology. And look at, like, I have my course on LinkedIn learning. There's so many great smart components with LinkedIn that we haven't seen on all channels. Okay. Now, can you dive a, dip, a bit deeper into the negative part about it, which is the direct messaging? Why, mm -hmm. why do you think so many people are going about that the wrong way? Well, I think in life, you know, there's always going to be a subset of people who want to do things the easy, fast way, right? And we know in terms of mar marketing, that means spamming. So it used to be people who would, you know, cold call. It used to be people spamming via email. I think the – or you've heard of people doing those automated voicemails on your cell phone that you can't stand. Now the big thing is these bots, right? The bots in social media who will instantly send you messages or copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. And it's all over social media and it's very frustrating. And I don't know if there's going to be an immediate solution to it, but I definitely think it's just too much. Like they'll reach out and say, Dear Chevelle, um, I think that we should connect because I think that, you know, I could teach you about doing live streaming. These are the types of messages. And, and Chevelle will be like, have you not seen my channel? Have you seen? I've done plenty of video, plenty of live stream, plenty of blogging, plenty of marketing. So I know this. But that happens all the time. We even get uh, direct messages all the time of people who don't know how to spell your name, right? So you know that they're not even taking the time to even look at your profile before they're messaging you. But that is sort of um, happens on all social channels, but it definitely seems like there's an abundance of that on LinkedIn. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and it's really interesting too, uh, you know, it's like I noticed still that you, you mentioned that they're still doing it in beta. And it's like now you have, in order to get LinkedIn Live, you have to apply. So, what do you think? What do you think they're going about it that way in doing the application base instead of just handing it out to everyone? Well, I've had the pleasure, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to say that uh, some of the, 
the smartest people behind LinkedIn Live are my friends. So I had a chance to go and meet with them and spend time with them and strategize with them and whatnot. And I think what I love about this, this is a team that really cares. They want to make sure that this live video experience is done the right way. And they learn from a lot of platforms that have it before them. But I think what they want to do is they want to make sure that the people who go and do LinkedIn live video are producing the right kind of video, right kind of content that they want to be presented on their platform. I think it's been, I, I love that they've done this. I think they've been very thoughtful and very careful about who they let onto the platform. And of course, with all things beta, in the beginning, there was a lot of testing, right? Things were going wrong, things were going right, and we would talk about it and tell them, and then they would tweak it and fix it. And uh, LinkedIn Live is unique in that it's not built into LinkedIn. We do have to use a third-party tool to go um, to LinkedIn. And from what I understand, they don't have an immediate plan right now to have it built into LinkedIn. Um, it could come in the future. We Nobody really knows. I mean, they probably know. But um, they really want to make sure that if you're on LinkedIn Live, you're creating the right type of content and you're um, presenting the platform well. So a lot of times people would have asked me, how do I get LinkedIn Live access? Would you like to know? Yes. Okay. Well, for those of you who <laughs> don't know, I'm happy to share this because I've actually had discussions with them on this. So if you don't currently have LinkedIn Live and you would like access, these are some of the things that you should do. Number one, you should take a look at your profile, make sure it's updated, make sure it's professional, make sure it really demonstrates what you do and what you do well and that you're presenting yourself in the best light. The second thing you should do is right now you can actively upload native video to your LinkedIn profile, which you should do. Now, we're not talking about video that you share on all different platforms and it's just copy-paste. We're talking about really thoughtful content that presents what you have in mind of what you'd like to share. So, for example, let's say, okay, Roger Wakefield is a really good friend of mine. He's an amazing LinkedIn uh, video producer. Let's just use Roger as an example. Roger is a plumber. So if he didn't have LinkedIn Live access yet, which he does, he would be producing video about plumbing items, plumbing things to do, and he would create these really nicely packaged videos, and he would upload them natively to LinkedIn presently, and then he would then apply. That's, a, that's the first step. Then the second step is he would apply for LinkedIn Live access because what happens is the people behind giving you the LinkedIn Live access are very, very careful. They're not just like, oh, click, 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 everybody has it that applies. No, they're actually going to check your profile, see what you're doing, see what kind of content you're, you're presently sharing. If it's just spamming content, they're not going to give you access. If they see, oh, wow, this is really quality stuff. I'm really learning how to, you know, change the faucet from Roger. This is cool. It's, it's done very well then they might say, okay, great, I'll give Roger Wakefield access to LinkedIn Live. So think about it that way. This isn't a platform that everybody has. I don't think they have an immediate interest to give it to everybody, but understand that they are looking to preserve, to create a really high-quality, uh, positive experience for their users. So that's what you need to do. You can't just say, well, I'm an influencer, I'm a CEO, I'm a whatever, give me access. It doesn't work that way. You gotta sort of prove yourself. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And of course now, you know, the it's now, you know, the influencer tag I guess is still happening, I guess, and 
and I'm and I'm I'm starting to notice that you know there's been predictions saying like this is the year, the decade or whatever that uh, we're gonna see more natural uh, go-to people basically without any you know without the influence attack organically. So, what's your thoughts on that? I think that you know, you can't you can't just say that the influencer type is going to go away because influencers have been around since the beginning of time, right? We we know that like actors and actresses and celebrities and sort of people who are known for certain things. I think that will never really change, but certainly um, everybody has influence. If you have an opinion and you have a community or people that listen to you. You could be like the person with all your friends that always makes the decision on where to have dinner. Well, you would be an influencer within your little group. So I do think that um, everybody has an even playing field, an opportunity to to develop more of a voice or brand and whatnot. But I definitely think influencers, the traditional influencers will change because we've seen that there's there's sort of people who just have reach for the sake of reach and people who have reach that really have a voice and an intention and a trustworthy voice is going to be very different than just having a voice in general, right? Um, it has to be, I, I definitely think it's not going away. And I say that because, you know, I do a lot of brand work and certainly we, I only have had more opportunities going into 2020 than the last few years, you know, in my space, in my industry, which is finance, which is entrepreneurship, personal finance, travel, business, all these things. So I think um, I think at the end of the day, it's just about figuring out what you do and do it very, very well so people will organically trust you. Instead of, instead of focusing so much about becoming an influencer, I, I think that's the wrong way to do it. Instead, you should focus on being really good at what you're doing and let someone else notice you, but at the same time, make sure that you're really um, smart about building your brand along the way. Like, It's not so much people, everybody calls it building your brand. I think it's called making sure that you're marketing what you're doing. So hmm. we can't just sit in a library and do what we do and do be a really, really good at what we do. Instead, during certain points, we got to make sure that people know what we do, right? It's like being a business owner. If if people don't know that your business exists, no one's going to do business with you. So part of the responsibility as a business owner, and you are, we are all business owners. Even when I was working at Smith Barney as a full-time employee, I was a business owner of myself. And so um, we have to not only do a great job in collecting that paycheck, but along the way, we have to have a voice so that we're known for something. If we're known for nothing, then we really are nothing. So we need to make sure that we are known for something. So you are in control of the decision of what you're known for. Huh. Wow, that's really, that's really interesting take there. And, you know, it's it's really interesting because of the fact that, you know, we some of us might still be, you know, working for others, but at the same time, we don't realize that we are in control of our own destiny, and we we just uh, we just go along for the ride instead of just trying to use that opportunity to learn from our work and to build to build ourselves and also 
in the future build our own business, basically. Yeah, and you don't even have to build your own business. I mean, like, like my husband worked for major tech companies for many, many years. I worked for a major financial firm for forever. But, um, you know, I think that not everybody needs to work for somebody else or not everybody needs to be their own entrepreneur either or their own owner because um, wherever you work, even if you work for somebody else, I did it for many, many years. But even during that time, I still felt like I was doing my job as a business owner. And what I mean by that, I think the business owner mindset is very powerful. It's very easy to go in and clock in and clock out. That's someone else's job. As long as I get my paycheck, I did my work, I'm out of here. Instead, think about, wow, this is really cool. I'm coming in. Maybe I could try something. What if we were to try this? Maybe this would actually help make my job a little bit better. Maybe if I did this, it would help the company run a little smoother. Think about those types of things. Because when you think that way, not only are you trying and, and becoming a more, you know, valuable player within your entity, but also it keeps you thinking. It keeps you creative. It keeps you really finding other ways to lend a hand to society because no matter what we do, everybody um, can make change in this world, right? It's really easy to say, well, that's someone else's job. Well, they don't pay me to do that. And I hear that all the time. I'm like, how sad. Not only just for your employer, but for you, because we're only here for a certain, all of us are only in this world for a certain amount of years, right? Do you really want to be the person who just like, good enough? Or do you want to be like, hey, what if we were to try this? What if I did this this other thing? And all of a sudden, uh, you know, maybe I made an impact to somebody that walked into, I don't know, into the hotel that I'm at or um, at the company I'm with. Maybe I made an impact to the, the person who delivered my mail. That is what gives us meaning in life. And I think we need to focus more so on how we can create more meaning in this life versus just what somebody is paying me for. I think once you pivot your mindset, you can have you can become more growth oriented, your productivity will increase and I promise you if you're in the right environment, you will also be compensated more financially, creatively, mentally, all these other things will come to you in in, in droves of benefit if you start to think about how you can help others and do more without just what you're being, you know, paid to do. Definitely agree with that. Uh, now, I got to ask this question. Uh, for small business owners, uh, what, how would, what would you, how would they, uh, what do they need to do to get press coverage, per se? Should they go to the, should they start out uh, small within the niche, or should they go immediately to a large media company? That is a good question. So if you're a small business and you're looking to get press coverage, the best way to do it is to think like a reporter, okay, or a journalist or somebody who writes or creates content in the area that you're most interested in getting coverage for. And think about really carefully of what value you could create for them and what they would find helpful. Um, and then that would be half of the equation. The other half of the equation is to be the 
best, absolutely best at what you do. Because I think so many times people will start businesses and within six months they're like, oh my gosh, if only I could get on the Today Show, everything would change. And I'll tell you, as someone who's in the media all the time, um, just because you're in the media doesn't produce business to pay the bills. So you really have to focus on your business to pay the bills and then leverage media to get the word out more so on what you're doing. But the first sort of your core foundation should really be focused on being really good at business. And then the second thing should be on getting media coverage. And then how do you get media coverage? So what I would suggest is uh, think about your ideal client and or ideal customer and where they reside. Who is it that can pay for your services and who will continue to pay for your services? And where are they? And that's where you need to be. If they happen to all be on Facebook, then that's where you need to be. If they happen to all read um, the Wall Street Journal, then that's where you need to be. And then from there, pick four or five or six journalists or content producers or tweet chat, you know, people uh, who lead tweet chats and figure out how you can get on their radar and really nurturing these relationships and without being creepy, right? So <laughs> if they publish an article, support them on the article. Um, one person I would recommend um, – those of you who are trying to figure out how to do this is um, look at social media as a, as a great way to do this. Um, Brian Schumann, who's on LinkedIn, does an amazing job with this. He is on LinkedIn all the time. He's definitely focused on the key players within LinkedIn. He supports us constantly. And let me tell you, if I have an opportunity to, sh to help Brian, that is the person I'm going to go to because I remember him. Same with Twitter. Twitter would be Chevelle. You're definitely someone I always remember. Um, but there's always people that will stick out. So it's that consistency of support and just that, just being there for you. Because we're all human, so we, we notice that. And um, and that's the way to do it because sometimes we think about, like, oh, CNBC, oh, like the Today Show. Everything like, seems so big and so huge. And it is. But behind these shows are producers, we're getting pitched um, things all the time. So it'll be like, oh, if, you know, I would love to talk to you about, like, the social media things I'm doing for small and mid-sized businesses. Well, you're probably one of 100,000 people that pitched them about talking about small, mid-sized business social media. So you got to think of something unique that's going to be valuable to them, but most important to their viewers. So their viewers aren't going to want to see another piece about branding and social media. It has to be something topical, unique, that's going to grab the audience's attention for them to want to hear about what you have to say versus Brad Pitt on The Ellen Show, you know? So you guys think about that because at the end of the day, although it's important for you to talk about your business, it's important for the producer to get good ratings for their show because if the ratings don't improve, guess what's happened to them and their job, right? So you guys think about that. Think about ways you can you can bring them value, and that is not only more viewerships, more engagement. All that is super important. Yeah, definitely agree. And of course, uh, is it is it possible to say too? Like you know, we've seen you know there's other like content, new media, of course. You know, people uh, creating content on Facebook Live, you know, YouTube, everything. And of course, one person you already know. I, I, and I love her, you know, a lot. Dr. I sang, 
he's one of the best at doing uh doing this. And you know, you notice people are going on the show and they're automatically being such you know, getting getting a return on the investment because of that. Even though the show is not as as uh, huge as you know, to the as to today's show, basically. Oh yeah. So yeah, Doctor I well, I I call her I I is one of my most favorite human beings. Um I has done an incredible job. She built up from scratch, from nothing. She started filming in her closet, I think it was. And um, in fact, I remember the first time she went to social media world because that was the first day I met her. And it was her first conference. She was volunteering at the time, and she had, like, very little social footprint to what she has developed now. And talk about one of the nicest people, right? Nicest human beings. She has a very strategic niche. She's very, very focused on what she, she does. And she's built it in a very authentic, organic way. So it's a total win for her, and deservedly so. But, yes, I do think that there's, um, you should take the opportunity to build it that way because if it has enough value and the content is interesting enough and there's that consistency, then people will take um, take notice. I mean, it's the same thing with our tweet chat. Our tweet chat is going on I don't know how many years, you know, and it's like week after week in the beginning – it wasn't that big, and now it's like we trend like 80% of the time. And every single, like we, we feel like we're family and we're friends, and uh, and there's so much there's so much uh, positivity that I feel like our community has shared because I get those messages from people that join us for the first time or, or catch one of our tweets like, I'm just so glad that I caught it because I felt better after I came to your community, and I'm like, well, that's because it wasn't me. It was because of the Chevelles of the world, because like, they're really decent, good people who want to help you. Yeah, definitely agree. I, I mean, it, I'll say it is one of the best chats out there, and it really doesn't feel uh, salesy too much, of course. You know, it's, it feels as if it's just like, you know, chatting um, among friends, basically. It should be. Yeah, that's our, sort of our goal. I mean, we all, obviously, we all, like many of us, run businesses and whatnot, so if you want to figure out what we do, you can go to the profiles and learn that. But yeah, during that, the time together, I think that would be that'd be very inconsiderate if it was salesy, right? Because I mean, we are genuinely friends, so um, it should feel that way. <laughs> Definitely. And now, quickly, uh, you know, for those of you guys uh, who's watching this and who will listen to this later, which it, it already passed uh, tomorrow, you know, it's talking about health and wealth with two two guests. Now, can you, quick, can you quickly share about why it's important for us to take care of ourselves when, you know, as business owners and, you know, among, amongst having a busy schedule? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so many times with the new year, there's a whole, whole discussion about health and wealth. You know, it's interesting because New Year's resolutions, like, so I think the two biggest resolutions everybody wants is, like, to have more money and to lose weight, right? <laughs> Um, so I always, I always thought that the connection was very similar, but I think as an entrepreneur, it's it's no different than being a parent, or uh, like in in like both our cases, like being a child of a parent who's ailing and needs help, right? Like we can't take care of other people if we're not healthy and we don't feel good. And so I think that you know instead of you know my team was talking about this topic as being very very important, is bring the correlation between being an entrepreneur and being successful and being productive and the connection of health. More so health than diet, 
Because I do think we got to focus on all elements of health, whether it be like getting enough sleep, right, getting enough rest, mental health, making sure you're not overly stressed out, making sure you get away, you go and walk and vacation and do all these things, and how that translates to more success, being, being more productive and be able to do more things. It's sort of that, that win-win, because I feel like there's a lot of similarity between health and wealth. And, if, you know, the sort of the, the consistency uh, does very well in, in both worlds. Definitely. So now, uh, now, quick, now where can uh, people find out more about uh, your chat and also your company, Sun Group uh, Wealth, Men Wealth Partners? Uh, well, thank you. So if you want to find out about our company, it's at sungroupwp.com. And um, to learn more about me, I'll, I'll actually send you to a website that we really don't use much, and that is it's brand new. It's levelupwithwinnie.com, and that's where you can learn about our new show that's coming out. So I'm super excited about that. Um, it will be coming to a television near you, so, so hopefully <laughs> you enjoy it because I do think there's a, a lot of heart that has gone into this show. So I'm really excited to see um, – your first takes. And for good or bad, we're always looking to prove. So any any uh, advice you can give us and my uh, the entire uh, NASA, everybody that's come along to put this together, if you have any feedback on how we can better it, we are all ears. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, Wayne's son, again, I want to say thank you for taking the time on your busy schedule, being here on What's the Word. I'm truly honored. Uh, do you have any final words for our audience who are watching here on Facebook Live or who will be listening to this show in the future? Well, I would just say thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you, Chevelle, for your friendship. Um, you know, life is short, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to spend with me here and watching my friend Chevelle's show. And um, reach out. I'd love to hear from you and, you know, be happy, be peaceful, and, and, and just make it a great thing. Awesome. Queen Sun, again, thank you for taking, for being here on What's the Word. Thank you, my friend. <laughs>